2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, New England's own Van Helsing, and with me is Not Richard. Uh, evidently, I got a phone call from his son, and his motor car blew up on the way from London, to Derby, so... I don't know what that's all about, but not to p- worry because I have another great host here and there's none other than my good friend from across the pond, the head of Haunted Devon, that paranormal investigator, that paranormal journalist, Mr. Byron Jackson.
1: Hello, Ronald, how are you?
2: Hey, better than nothing, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, 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 I, I know. Uh, it's a shame about it. Uh... Uh, The car there, I mean, I I don't know what's gone wrong there. Uh, I would have thought he could have afforded a really new car. Hmm.
2: You know what? Maybe uh, it's it's this uh, Mercury and retro thing.
1: Possibly. Yeah, I had some of that last week. Yeah. I have no clue. No, no. Anyway, I'm here, and uh, I am your uh, Ghost Chronicles gopher. And, um, uh, of course... Yeah, co-host, but I, I, I like to call myself Fat because uh, I, I'm quite alert and I have a furry face. And, um, of course, uh, I'll be with you tomorrow as well. Um, so it's right. almost tomorrow, like
2: meant- We're actually going to talk a little bit about that in the, in the second half of the show. But on the first cool. half, we actually have a guest, and uh, he's a good friend of mine. In fact, we just got back from this weekend doing a... Uh, bang-up event together, and he is the president of the American Lighthouse Foundation, a author of eight books on lighthouses, and all are a very sunburned, Jeremy Donchermont. Jeremy hey, Ron, how you doing? Good, and Byron's with us, too. Uh, you can say hi to both of us. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, hi, Byron. How are you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thank you.
2: And and actually, uh, we, we we just did a great event uh, this uh, past Saturday, Dining with the Dead Portsmouth Haunted Lighthouses of New England.
0: Yeah, I thought it went really well. We had a good crowd. People were into it. It was a lot yeah, of fun. So now, and, uh, yeah, I hope we can do it again.
2: And evidently, because uh, it did so well that we are going to do another one in October, I guess. Uh, so keep an eye on, uh, what, what should they keep an eye on?
0: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we need to firm up the details. We haven't uh, picked mm-hmm. a date yet, but uh, we should be announcing that soon, I hope. Uh, and uh, they can look uh, at a couple of websites. Your website, uh, it'll be posted on there eventually, right? Uh, com. Right,
2: right. NE, the letter N, the letter E, com, As yeah, well
0: as. It, uh, I have a. a well, uh, let's see. I have a website uh, on New England Lighthouses, uh, lighthouse.cc, and there's a section of it about my tours. I offer lighthouse tours also uh, by van, mm-hmm. um, lighthouse.cc slash tours, or you can get to it through com. Either way, we'll take you there. And then once you get to that page for the tours, just click on uh, Trex Paranormal Journeys, and you can see the, the list of our events, and we have other events coming up as well.
2: Right. So, by the way, by when you came over here, you didn't get to go to any of these uh, cool lighthouses that I do, do you?
1: No, no. I've just been looking at uh, Jeremy's sort of uh, biography, and he, he looks really interesting. I mean, I know that... Uh, the only lighthouse I really know about is uh, Smeaton's Tower, but I'm, I'm sure that Jeremy probably knows about that one as well. I would, I would imagine, even though it's in in Britain. That's uh, right. Yeah, that's uh,
0: one of the Eddystone lights that was moved from right, the Eddystone that, Rock That's Rocks right. Yeah. It. Of, of yeah. course,
1: uh, Smeaton was famous for his use of hydraulic lime in uh, in lighthouses, and I think it was uh, quite uh, quite um, a new new thing in his time in 1759, I believe. So, uh, quite some time ago, but yeah, I've been looking at the Lighthouse. I know that Ron uh, and yourself have been to several of them in New England. Uh, uh, Jeremy, do you... For your side, I mean, do you believe in the paranormal and that type of thing, or um, with regards to the Lighthouse, I Mm -hmm. mean how many of them you know percentage wise are they all haunted or huh.
0: well it, it it kind of starts to seem like that when you the more you get into it i mean i've been i've been doing lighthouse research and writing and photography for about 25 years, and I swear that if you get into the into detail, really get into some in-depth research of any particular lighthouse, at least in this country, it seems you're going to find a ghost story in there somewhere. Uh, I don't know if it's the same for the UK. I think in the the UK they tend to be overshadowed by some of the castles and uh, other you know uh, historic properties. But um, in this country, lighthouses are among our oldest structures. And um,
1: yeah, I, I, I
2: think well, that's that- next to me, anyways.
1: Yeah I I I think that um you guys have done a good job in promoting uh, them and and you know it is it's like any old building it needs constant uh, renovation and upkeep and anything you can do to help that uh, is a good thing um I, I think Going back to what Jeremy was saying about the the, the hauntedness of uh, a lighthouse, I suppose one can assume that if uh, a team of a small group of people are living full time uh, twenty four hours three sixty five days a year in a very small confined space they 're bound to leave some imprint of their of their being uh, behind them and I suppose that 's probably what you 're sensing. is that right?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good uh, a good thought on it. I, I, yeah, it, it, to me, it's it's. Uh, I don't think it's a much of a stretch of the imagination to think the lighthouse keeper, you know, that they were so tied into those places, completely devoted to keeping that light lit. You know, it's it's not hard for me to believe that they might actually have trouble leaving even after dying. It's really not that hard to believe, and uh, I, you asked if I believe myself. I I would have to say yes. Bottom line, um, I, I call myself an open-minded skeptic. I don't Actually, believe.
2: this is a change for you. Yeah. I mean, you've been, you've been pretty pretty skeptical since I've known you, and so you're willing to come out of the closet. Well, yeah, but a- I've.
0: Yeah, I've hmm. always said I'm open-minded, though, so in a sense, in saying you're open-minded, it's saying that, that, yes, you think that at least there's the possibility of these things, you know? Oh, now
2: we're changing to the possibility. Well, <laughs> we're, 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 two minutes ago, yeah. yeah, and now it's, well, possibility of it, I'm open-minded to it. Yes, hmm. I believe in the possibility. Oh, there um, you go.
0: Well no let me let me say you know uh th- th- I think i I, and I think it's a natural thing, and probably a lot of people feel this way it's almost like a natural resistance to some of this, you know, but uh, at the same time I've had personal experiences, so I can't deny those. And you seemed
2: like you're having more and more personal experiences.
0: Yeah, and I think we were just talking the other night about how, you know, it seems, and I think you would agree with this, Ron, the more investigations you do, the more sensitive you get to this kind of thing. Um, And I've noticed that. And uh, last summer uh, we had uh, some investigations at Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse in New Hampshire, which is kind of my home base. Where I had I had a couple of personal experiences that were very strong and hard hard to deny. So um, so uh, if I, if they had to pin me down to say yes or no, do I believe I have to say yes? Uh, hmm. Even though I, I tend to be skeptical of every you know if somebody tells me they heard a sound well, or, or whatever.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. I think it's healthy.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. So
2: Byron, I mean, <laughs> you always considered yourself a leadhead. Um, do you find that you're more sensitive than you first, when you first started doing this?
1: Well, I was just gonna—I was just gonna say there. I, I think, um, certainly in the UK, what well, the way I see it is that some of the teams, uh, the more that they go on investigations, the less sensitive they become. Really? I, 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 yeah, I, I, no, I'm talking now from uh, the, yeah. I, th- I think we we like to be different, but um, I'm just thinking now from the point of view that if you go on an investigation and you you're When you first start paranormal investigation, you actually you're you're looking and and feeling for everything, every little tiny thing, everything that comes up is uh, gleaned to be paranormal. Obviously, as time goes on, you start excluding a lot of that stuff. And um, I I suppose what, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes you you become immune to paranormal events because you see them all the time. You know what would be considered five years, 20 years ago to you, Rob, um, you know, as being truly uh, paranormal, you'll probably, you, you would probably miss it now because you, you just, you accept it as being part of the normal. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, dis- disagreeing totally, I'm just saying there is a shift there, uh, the more investigations you go on, there is a chance that you become blasé uh, with what's going on around you, and until you get a full-bodied manifestation uh, with, with sheets on, then you're not really going to start believing you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm total believe it with Jeremy there that, um, you know, I, I'm I'm the same way. I I do feel that there is something there. And I feel that, you know, people that say, oh, you know, I don't believe in it. It's uh, it's not there, et um, etc., et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera, um, you know. As we keep saying, you know, just because we don't understand it doesn't mean to say it's not true. Uh, there's been many proven cases in science over the years where, you know, people have been proven to be wrong. You know, with regards to, for instance, you know, penicillin and the the world being, you know, flat, which it isn't. I hope not, and uh, all that type of thing. So, yeah, does that answer your question, Ronald? I guess <laughs> he fell. He fell. He fell asleep halfway through the answer. I'm sure. Uh, you know,
2: you British just. Go on and on, you
1: know, they put me right to sleep. Well, you know, we had a royal wedding recently, we got something to talk about, haven't we? I saw that whole
2: thing and I was really happy. I saw the kiss, you know, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Get up four o'clock for that baby. Got my crumpets and coffee already and I was ready to roll.
1: Well, there you go, you see. We we, we do have some history, and uh, I'm sure that's, that's history in the making as well that you've seen, Ron, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, yep. light, lighthouses, so I'll go back to Jeremy there with, with regards. How many um, lighthouses do you actually care for, Jeremy? I mean, you, you've got the one in Portsmouth, which is your home base, but, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. are there more that you actually... You're the president of the the, the Lighthouse Foundation. So, that, how, how many do you actually care for? Right.
0: Uh, the American Lighthouse Foundation cares for 22 lighthouses in the northeastern U.S.
2: Give or take um, one or two.
0: Give or take one or two. Depends yeah, <laughs> on the day of them, week. Some of them they don't really take care of them, which is a shame. Well, well there are a of Who said that? <laughs> um, it's tough, I'll tell you. It's uh, you know in. in The economy, I think not just in this country, but it seems like in a lot of countries these days, it's, you know um it's, it's it's a tough proposition especially when you're talking about offshore lighthouses that exactly. the vast majority of people can't get to and they if they're lucky they may see them you know from the shore way 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 offshore but it's a totally different thing if you're talking about a lighthouse people can drive to where you can maybe have uh, overnight stays for people have a and b or whatever or have a museum have a gift shop a restaurant you know those are the places that have it made basically but it's the offshore yeah. lighthouses worried exactly. right about and now so, but,
2: but, so, we're,
1: Sorry,
2: going on, go on. We are actually going to visit ten lighthouses. Uh, was it next weekend? Right? Um,
0: uh, yeah, a week from this weekend. It's uh, May 13th 15th. I know that 15th. was a hard question. Well, you said you said what? What did you say next weekend? So it's next not weekend. this coming weekend.
2: Not this not weekend. Sure. Next weekend. Oh, right. here we go with that again. <laughs> never
0: mind. Next weekend after this coming
2: weekend. All right, the weekend of yeah. the thirteenth through the fifteenth. We are right. Jeremy and I are actually going on a uh, bus tour for the uh, Friends of Flying Santa Claus. Right.
0: Correct. Yeah, and I'm sure anybody who never heard of that before thinks is wondering what are you talking about? Is that like the Flyin Friends of Flying Elvis? It's nothing like that, as a matter of fact. There you go. Um, Yeah. Uh, Friends of Flying Santa. Santa. Uh, is uh, uh, it's, a, it's a tradition that goes back to 1929, and, and to, to boil it down quickly, it's, it's basically a tradition of dropping presents at lighthouses from a plane for lighthouse keepers and their families as a way of showing appreciation. But these days, it's done by helicopter, and the helicopters land at Coast Guard stations, and Santa Claus gives presents to the children of Coast Guard families again as a way of showing, saying thank you to what uh, Coast Guard families. Do for us, so it's a great cause, and it's going to be an excellent tour. I'm really looking forward to it.
2: And there are still tickets available, right?
0: Yes, there are. Yeah, and people can go to FlyingSanta.org O-R-G, to get tickets for that.
2: So, anyways, uh, and- there are ten lighthouses that we are going. Now, are any of those haunted?
0: Sure, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, let's see. You're, you're uh, I need to get the uh, list in front of me, but I know that there are a couple. In fact, there's one we're going to do kind of a—I um, don't know if you call it a—not uh, maybe not an a investigation. full investigation, but at least a, uh, yeah, an investigation. An
2: investigation.
0: Uh, Head Light, mm-hmm. uh, which is in mid-coast Maine, uh, near uh, the city of Rockland, and actually it's
2: called the most haunted lighthouse in America, I believe. Right? Correct.
0: Yeah, I think it was. Uh, Coastal Living Magazine who called it that. And uh, I'll tell you, I've talked personally to um, probably over the years, I would say at least six or seven people who've lived in the keeper's house at that lighthouse. And almost all of them say, absolutely, beyond a doubt, say that it's haunted. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to that. We're going to be there uh, for a few hours in the evening.
1: So aren't you jealous, Byron? I am jealous. Yeah, I I, I am jealous of uh, the fact that you know you're going to visit all these places without me. I think you could pack me in your bag and carry me around. But uh, what no, do you think? I'd do have you to th- get
2: a pretty big bag if oh. I remember you
1: yeah thank you very much ron that's uh, that's no very problem. nice of you um, no i was going to ask uh, jeremy about the uh, lighthouses now that the these lighthouses are they still in use i mean a lot of them used to be manually sort of activated but are these are these lighthouses in strategic places where they're now uh, remote or um, they, they operate remotely if you know what i mean
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah, um, the vast majority of them are still used for navigation, uh, but uh, in this country and in most of the world, the lighthouses are all automated. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so they don't require resident keepers anymore In in the U.S., In the U.S., we still have one official resident keeper. That's at Boston Light and Boston Harbor, which is the oldest light station in America. There's still a keeper there employed by the federal government, but even that light is automated. So the keeper's job is more like administration and running tours and that kind of thing. Um, But uh, I'd say 95% of the lighthouses in the world are now automated. And But, again, most of them are still used for navigation. I would say in this country about something like 75 or 80% of the lighthouses that still stand or still still have working lights for navigation. Uh, so it, despite, you know, GPS and modern electronics that, that most uh, most boaters have these days, uh, those things can fail, you know. Uh, it never hurts to have that visual thing out there in the water a lighthouse you know something you can actually see is at least a backup to your yeah, sure. electronics
1: yeah well, I mean yeah, I think Ron is going to enjoy himself uh, there um, certainly getting let loose into to several different um, haunted locations he, he's going to have a good time I think isn't he uh,
0: I'm sure well Ron has a good time all the time
1: <laughs> well, I, I know, I know. I, I've been for a true, beer with Ron and uh, he does have a good time a lot of the time
0: Uh, Yeah, we're also going to Portland Headlight, which we've visited together before and had some interesting experiences there. There's definitely uh, activity there, and also uh, Prospect Harbor, uh, light and West quaddy headlight both of which have quite a few uh, ghost stories attached to them
1: with with these are they all sightings Jeremy or uh, is it like mm. sentient stuff but, I mean we've had occasions some of the places uh, that are associated with the the Admiralty and Navy in in Britain um, where they smell uh, tobacco pipe smoke and that type of thing is are these um, are these actually uh, visuals or are they uh, sentient stuff
0: uh, it's a variety uh i would say a minority have actual sightings um we're also going to portsmouth harbor light my local lighthouse here on this tour and we have many stories attached to that from sightings to audio audio uh you know types of uh reports and uh kinds of things and we've been featured on national tv and ghost hunters and other other programs um so yeah we've had sightings there uh it's interesting uh there's at least three that i know of and two were a couple of years apart uh from different women who visited the lighthouse during the day when there was basically nobody around it wasn't open and the second person did not know about the first because we never publicized it at all uh, and they described exactly the same thing. They described a, a uniformed l- man standing on the, the walkway that leads out to the lighthouse. There's a wooden walkway out in front of it. And they both described a man with a beard out there in a uniform who just suddenly wasn't there after, after a couple of minutes. Um, and in both cases, after they saw a picture, a uh, photograph of a, a longtime keeper named Joshua Card, who was there for 35 years, uh, who died in 1911? They both said that's absolutely the man they saw. So, uh, you know, a lot seems to be tied into him. There's other other things going on as well, but a lot of our stories seem to tie into uh, Captain Card.
1: Hmm. I, I, Ron, didn't you uh, didn't you actually make a, an award-winning film about a, a lighthouse? Is that right, or am I got, got all no, confused? There? No,
2: you're actually close. We did not make an award-winning film, but we were in an a Emmy-winning uh, TV show called American Builder Halloween Special, which is in two thousand seven. Both Jeremy and myself.
1: Ah, right. Well, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I'd just uh, like to say I did see that, Jeremy It's uh, very good I got a courtesy copy when when Ron uh, Let Mm -hmm. me go over there and uh, say hello It was was Mm -hmm. some time ago Now I must come back somewhere
0: Yeah, I hope so And uh, you're welcome to For a a Private tour of Portsmouth Harbour Lighthouse. That
1: well, absolutely. I, I think that Ron probably left me out because he he thought he considered my size and looked at the staircase and thought that maybe I'd get stuck. So uh, that's oh, probably okay. reason why why he didn't take me. Uh, was that was that right, Ron? Ah, uh, no, not really, Byron. I know you're twinkle-toed. Oh, I I can get in there. Don't you? Don't you worry. I mean, I, I'd love to go to this place. And you know, like I say, um, there has been a resurgence of um, interest in lighthouses in the UK as well. I mean, S- Smeaton's Tower is now actually licensed for weddings. Believe it or mm-hmm. not. Um, so they they do have weddings on Smeaton's Tower, and also it sits um, on Plymouth Hoe, uh, and it's been there since it was moved because the Edithstone Rock um, right. started to to split and uh, was being. Under- the mines they they actually shipped the whole thing back uh, brick by brick and then rebuilt it on the hoe as a memorial to the keepers of the Eddiston lighthouse so and i mean it as it has a variety of uses and obviously during the summer it's uh, visited by all the tourists um you yeah. know they can all go up there i have seen um some very strange uh, uses and i know that um well, I don't know if I can say this. Actually, what well, I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Um, we're, all, we're, all, we're all men of the world. I, I, I actually seen a pornographic shoot going on at uh, uh, what? At, at Smeaton's <laughs> Tower. Yeah, what? I, I, I was actually uh, they they, they um, uh, a local uh, well a, a UK based. Um, pornography magazine soft pornography Uh, they used to do uh, a thing called girls from and this was girls from plymouth and basically what they did was they took about eight women to the the top of the tower and then they just got them undressed and did the shoot. Well, obviously, they didn't know that, you know, I mean, they did this while well, the guides are still, you know, touring around and blah, blah, blah. So I actually came up to the top of the tower, Ron, and I had the the shock of my life, um, you know, to see eight naked women stood there on the top of the the tower. It uh, was, was slightly, um, well, it was a bit strange, really, to be honest. Uh, that's my well, I- claim to fame on the, on the tower of uh, Lighthouse. I'm, I'm, that's interesting, know, Byron, because that
2: happens to, to Jeremy and myself all the times so we just kind of used to it now
1: oh no this is what i'm saying about me being blase i mean you, you've obviously got that you're so used to it you don't even see it anymore but uh <laughs> yeah it was an interesting thing it was an interesting thing <laughs> it, it, so. <laughs> it, it,
2: it, the, actually what uh one of the places we are going is the way to hell up on the canadian border where the first lights of the sun hits the americas is that correct that is correct, yeah, West Quaddy Head, the easternmost point in the United States. So there's a point of geography for you, I guess.
0: Yeah, but it's kind of funny. People you know, find it funny sometimes that someplace called West Quaddy Head would be the easternmost point in the U.S. But yeah. it's called yeah. that because there's also an East Quaddy Head just across a bridge on Campobello Island, which is part of Canada. And there's a lighthouse there as well. Ironic. Anyway, West Quaddy Head's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. You're going to love it there.
2: Candy striped, red and white lighthouse. That's pretty famous. And has a ghost too. Oh, there you go. I will be reporting back on this entire trip and and cataloging all the ghosts that are at each of the lighthouses. So, there you go, Byron. All you got to do is you got to do a fundraiser over there. Get haunted. They want to do a fundraiser, and and you guys come on over here, and we can arrange something here too, and we'll have a blast.
1: Well, I think we should do that, yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, we, we could even take Jeremy to round to the lighthouses of the UK, couldn't we? You know, there's, there are quite a few of them. Um, it's, you could start in Plymouth. I mean, that, that's uh, basically where you're all left from, anyway. So, uh, you know, that, uh, as we all know, we go for this well, routine every time. I don't know if that's
2: exactly true, since I'm from Poland.
1: <laughs> oh, well, not you. No, you, 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 you were slightly <laughs> nice different. Let's
2: try, uh, Byron.
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, the, the majority of people, obviously, uh, you know, the U.S. came from Plymouth, didn't they? Didn't they? Yeah. Come on, my history serves me well.
2: No, uh, so, no, so, no,
1: Maybe uh, I'm, I'm French
2: and
0: Irish myself.
2: Yeah. You, oh, you the, well, there you, the, go. The there you here. go. We had Dutch here, right? We had the French here. We had the the whole gamut of... of uh, what The do you melting call it? pot. Yeah. well there you go, that, that explains if you it, just look you're... at it from the English point of view
1: well, yeah, because we're very important, you know. Well, we have the monarchy, and uh, everybody loves us. So, um, yeah, yeah. That, anyway, that's what it is. I'll, I'll steer quickly away from that conversation, because I'm losing that battle, obviously.
0: Um, well, in any case, I do want to go there. I would love to uh, tour some of the lighthouses over there. That would be yeah, very cool.
1: cool. You'd be welcome. Uh, and uh, I keep saying to Ron, he keeps uh, promising he's going to come over, but um, yeah, I don't know. Why don't you come over, Ron? Is, it, is there a reason? Viethausen doesn't like flying too much really yeah how'd you get from a to b then i mean you know you you, you can't say everywhere well you could sell actually thinking about it
2: maybe i'll work on that
1: yeah maybe so um but these um these stories the, the ghost stories Jeremy, have they actually been cataloged into a book yet or is there a book possibility for ronald uh
0: yes and yes there are there's been a there number of haunted lighthouses books out there but, and I don't want to put anybody, you know, criticize anybody. Some of them are pretty good, but um, a lot of them tend to kind of recycle the same stories. So there's like a handful of stories that get recycled over and over and over again in, in various books. But Ron and I, on the other hand, have, you know, we've investigated a few lighthouses together, and we plan to do more. Probably more and, than anyone else, right? Um, I would say uh, the only ones that might be close are the Ghost Hunters TV show. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah, they've done, they've done several. Yeah. Uh, but um we've but we've done better ones, so there. Uh, but anyway we uh, we're, we're gonna write a book together, right, round about at the inside scoop on haunted lighthouses. It'll go really take it another step from you know, or anything anybody else has done.
1: So we've heard it here on Ghost Chronicles International, the first scoop of a new book. Is that, is that the, the first we've heard of it? Or, uh, I
2: guess I guess so.
1: Even Ron hasn't even heard of it yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that.
1: But, oh, never no, 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 right. No, I'm mean, right. Uh, I mean, I mean yeah, we, just pleased he's run a book.
2: We we, we've always, uh, we have always been working on it, uh, so that's okay. <laughs> Don't put uh, us down t- to a date, I, I, but I, it's going to happen. Uh, I I, I know that Jeremy's got to go, but I did want to mention one other thing, too, and that's that uh, as part of our uh, X-Trek Paranormal Tours that we're doing this thing. It's a ghost hunt on a a ship. In other words, you're not investigating the ship, though. We're actually going to investigate locations from the ship, which will be totally interesting. And, and Jeremy, I want you to really tell them how, how this all came about. Sure.
0: Well, we we've, we've uh, we did a haunted, what we called a haunted cruise last year, right, mm-hmm. uh, from Portsmouth. Actually from Rye, New Hampshire, which is right next to Portsmouth. And we tried a little bit in the way of, like, recording EVPs from the boat and that kind of thing. We were near uh, an island called Smutty Nose Island in the Isles of Shoals, which uh, is famous for shipwrecks and ghosts. I mean, the Isles of Shoals are a fascinating group of islands offshore from New Hampshire that have tons of ghost stories. So we tried in some EVPs there and got a, a really good one. Sound
2: like Actually, that. I think we got a break coming on. You guys hear music? Radio we'll a be back. cutting edge. <laughs> they're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk outly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family.
1: They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew,
2: it's time to rendezvous, as we give awards to the Barra X family. Take 6,427. Alright. Hi, I'm Ron Kolick, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsinki. And I'm Ann
0: Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's most haunted.
2: And we'd like to invite you to tune in... Ghost
0: Chronicles, The Next Generation...
2: Every Wednesday night...
0: At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on
1: www.toginet.com.
2: So, so Ann, what are they going to hear on this stupid show?
1: What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening.
2: Like, uh, Beyond Bizarre...
0: And Cemetery Tripping...
2: Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery-tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host.
1: <laughs> I am brave beyond belief.
2: Nothing yeah, we'll scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron. See you then. Or this evening, depending on what side of the pond you're on, is Jeremy Daltremont, the uh, president of ELF and ghost, uh, no, not ghost, uh, lighthouse author, soon to be ghost, lighthouse author. <laughs> uh,
0: I do have a book coming out that, that uh, has something to do with some ghost stories as well. Really? And nothing to do with lighthouses. Unbelievable. Uh, a book on the New Hampshire legend of Oceanborn Mary. Coming, oh, that's a of good July. story, actually.
2: So, anyways, just before the break, we, and we actually missed the break, so we do apologize to our listeners from that. Uh, listeners on Pararex, goes Channel, Tojinette and beyond. Uh, and if anybody does have any questions, they can join us in the Tojinette or the Pararex chat room or join us on uh, call on 877 So, anyways... Um, you were you were actually explaining how this ghost cruise thing is is was coming about.
0: Right, I was saying how we did a what we called a haunted cruise last year with a full boat full of people. It was a lot of fun, and we tried some EVPs at the Isles of Shoals, which are known for ghost stories. And um, at Smutty Nose Island, uh, uh, Jim Stoneier the EVP expert from the New England Ghost Project, uh, tried an EVP, and it's, it really sounds like a, a voice. When you play it back, there's a voice that sounds like it's saying, uh, we're being rescued, boat, which was really, really interesting. And that just kind of got us thinking, you know, maybe we should try doing more of that kind of thing. More uh, and more participation. uh, Right. uh, Right. I I know the word. Um, (laughs) uh, Like me now. Right. uh, But anyway... um, you know, to uh, make it a, a really involving kind of event, not just telling people ghost stories, but to get people involved and try, you know, actually try some, some, ghost, uh, some uh, paranormal investigation techniques on the boat. So uh, we've developed, we're doing a, another similar haunted cruise that's a little bit shorter on July 9th, and then we have the ghost hunt cruise that's going to be four hours on September 24th, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Right,
2: and and we're going to do other experiments and and try to attempt. Now you've never done anything like that, Byron, right? Where you've been on a boat? No, 150-
1: not at all. I yeah. I'm actually now my uh, brain is working overtime thinking of all the cruises that I can actually deal with in Plymouth. Uh, you know, because obviously there there are plenty of places in Plymouth uh, yeah. we have we have boats that go out to Calstock and various other locations, and they could be tied up with uh, tours as well. Yeah, fantastic idea. I'll be speaking to all my uh, colleagues in Plymouth about that. Uh, there you go. Sounds so so go. a good idea. They're
2: you know, cutting edge by... Uh,
1: Absolutely. I'm glad I met Chronicles. Jeremy eh? mm-hmm.
2: So I know you got to go, Jeremy. Uh, anything else you want to add? Once again, uh, where, like where could people sign up for these or our websites or whatever? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah, people can sign up
0: for uh, the Haunted Cruises, the two of them we have scheduled. Uh, that They go to uh, newenglandlighthousetours.com. Got to spell that all out, New England Lighthouse Tours dot com, and click on Xtrex Paranormal Journeys, and uh, also uh, that can also link through your website, any dot com. Mm-hmm. And again, flying Santa dot org, they can sign up for the three day bus tour we're doing uh, a week from this weekend, going to ten. Yeah, you can spend the
2: weekend with Jeremy and me. <laughs>
0: what more could you want?
2: I know it. I don't think, think my wife wants to spend the weekend with you. <laughs>
0: But anyways, so
2: anything you want to add,
0: Jeremy? Um, uh, not, uh, not unless you have any other specific questions. I do have a prior engagement. I'm so, sorry i got to run, but uh, thank you yeah. for having me. Jeremy, uh,
2: Byron, any questions?
1: No, thanks very much, Jeremy, for sharing that uh, that stuff with us. And um, I look forward to seeing the new book, and I hope this all goes well.
2: Thank
0: you very much. Very nice talking to you, Byron.
1: Bye-bye. All right.
2: Okay,
0: have thanks. a good day. You too. Okay.
2: Yep, bye. bye. Wow, that was uh, interesting, as usual. But it's kind of neat. I'm really excited about doing that uh, investigation on a boat. In other words, using it as a vehicle rather than investigating the boat itself.
1: Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, that sounds, sounds like a good idea. Yeah, and we're going to attempt to
2: communicate with uh, different uh, spirits that are located on, like, maybe a lighthouse that's close or an island where murders have occurred or shipwrecks. Uh, there's even talk about us trying to uh, contact uh, some Germans from a boat that has sunk off the coast here.
1: Well, that, that'll be novel. I mean, I, I, as far as I know, it's never been done before. Certainly that that uh, type of investigation has never been done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, uh, there's one place in Britain I'd love to do, and that's uh, HMS um, Victory. But uh, obviously that is a very difficult place to get into, Portsmouth, mm-hmm. and uh, that Victory would be a brilliant place. I know it has been done before, but... Um, Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I'd love to do that. Let me ask you that,
2: Byron. Now, Victory, isn't that uh, Horatio... uh, Nelson.
1: Yeah. Lord Lord
2: Nelson's ship, right?
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Do you know that that, uh, Lord Nelson is actually supposed to haunt the lighthouse in Canada? Why would he do that? Tell me why. Good story. I'm glad you asked that question. It's it's actually in my book. Uh, French Point Lighthouse. uh, The the person who became the lighthouse keeper the first lighthouse keeper there uh served with um Nelson at um uh, was it where, where did they get killed no I fe- waterloo no waterloo that was uh which is name Trafalgar. Trafalgar, thank you very much sometimes my brain doesn't work but yeah he he was the navigator or, or uh, I know he served with them in the officer capacity and they were really good friends evidently and uh they buried um Nelson I believe in in the UK but evidently according to legend his spirit wasn't happy there they he were, went with this guy to um French Point Lighthouse and there he haunts the lighthouse
1: Well there you go I I, I didn't know that that's uh that that's certainly something to to look up you know and um well Again, you know, it's the the cross pollination of uh, paranormal between the US and the UK, and I mean, i, I I've never seen Abe Lincoln over here though. I've, I have a look, but um, yeah, it's, really? Uh, no, not yet. No, I'll, I'll look though and see see what's going. What are you What are you up to over the next few weeks then?
2: Well, as Jeremy said, we're doing that haunted um, the. Uh Bus crews for the Friends of Flying Center, and we have an investigation coming up uh, towards the end of the month, and so we've got a lot of things to do. And, and but more ex- excitingly, is, is you're going to be with us tomorrow night, and uh, this is a regular feature on Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation, which airs on Wednesday nights uh, at seven o'clock on uh, TojiNet, and uh, you do a, a regular feature there. Last last feature was on where
1: woodchester mansion which is uh in gloucester uh, and again you know thanks to the paranormal group in gloucester for actually letting us in and uh, the woodchester mansion trust but uh fabulous place but this week should be interesting as well hopefully i don't want to give too much away because obviously it'll be tomorrow but it is well worth a listen um we are going on to dartmoor and uh, we are going to be looking at some of the legends of dartmoor uh i'm going to mix them up a little bit you know give you some idea of uh, what what's going on but it's uh, tomorrow um it is i believe uh, a iron age fort and a norman uh Moten bailey uh, along with uh, along with a uh, church that's been quite unlucky in its uh, respect that it's been burnt down several times uh, finally in 1992 totally destroyed and is now um gutted really um mm-hmm. but it has an interesting history and we'll be talking a bit about that as well so so yeah interesting to um, and, and to it's do it's not
2: that. just talking you actually you, you have we actually have clips of part of your investigation there correct absolutely
1: i mean what we what we've well what you and i discussed is that you know it would be nice to have a report on the other side of the pond that can go to um some of the haunted locations in the uk uh in order to act as your uh, reporter, and that, that's exactly what we've done. So, um, what you know, every month, if we can, we will get away to a new location. We will record, uh, basically, and um, put together an article for you. Normally, two uh, played each side of the break, and uh, we'll discuss around the the type of things that we're going to be looking at. So, uh, tomorrow should be interesting. Uh, we've got lots of uh, things lined up for you there. It's uh, it's going to be quite interesting, I think, to, to do it that way.
2: And as I, I mentioned before, you did this before. I think it was uh, about a month, ago, a little over a month ago, and it was one of our best-rated shows. Uh, it was uh, people were really excited about it, so I'm, I'm really excited about having you back uh, to do this again. So,
1: oh, you're most kind, and you're, you're very welcome. And like I say, it's a pleasure working with you, and uh, a pleasure working with Anne and anybody else over in the states, really. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we do get on remarkably well, and I do feel that there is a lot of uh, things that we can actually work together on uh, over the forthcoming year um, with charity events and, and a variety of other bits and pieces. And these are all the loose things that we are actually doing, uh, looking out for uh, Haunted Devon for this year. Um, you know, to try and to get together again, maybe, and do something. Um, and I'm really interested in this boom boat chore now. You, you've got me thinking, my brain is sort of one half thinking, you oh, know, I could do that, I could get that. Of course could you do- could and we could, we, could, we could report back on that and I actually think it would be a big buy up and one of, my, one of my colleagues runs uh, the ghost tours in Plymouth City itself mm-hmm. and um, he uh, he's written a book and his name's Kevin Hines and we, we may get him on one day in the show and he's, he's an interesting guy in his own rights he's he's very experienced and uh, I think I might pass that one to him actually the boat trip because I think that would be a remarkable thing to do from Plymouth over the, over the, uh, over the summer months because there are so many places that we can go to. Well of course, um did you know that did you've heard of Lawrence of Arabia, haven't you? Of course. Well, Ron- yeah, absolutely. Well of course he used to work across on uh, the Breakwater. Um he was uh, working at um, one of the locations there um but there was a a um uh, i don't know the name of the plane but it was it was a amphibious plane that mm-hmm. flew during the second world war and apparently he was working there at some stage and i don't know don't, i don't know what capacity but there's all sorts of strange people working for plymouth and uh yeah so there's this there's, there's plenty to to listen out and hear about over there so yeah it'd be an interesting thing to do i i i'm really um looking forward to the months' investigation for haunted Devon. Though um, uh, I can, can I briefly tell you about where we're Oh, we dropped, absolutely, dropped yes, yep, yeah, yeah. One of the locations we're actually going to is a place called the Valiant Soldier, and we have been there before. Uh, the Valiant Soldier was a pub, uh, public house, and that was, um, you know, up until about the early fifties that that was run by a, a lady. And he, she. Um, basically she passed over but we believe that she still stays in this location but the thing about this uh, public house was and um, she was a collector she collected everything she never threw anything away really? so right the right way from sort of the early 30s to the 50s she kept everything every ticket every check stub every piece of um, stuff with regards to um, taxing the car or ration books Everything is there, and um, so when they uh, eventually, when the public house uh, was um, sort of repossessed, so to speak, after the death of the lady, um, she—I think she went into a nursing home actually. But when the house was, you know, the, the pub was uh, repossessed because her husband had died and she couldn't run it, and um, they found all this stuff, and it is a real treasure trove. It's a remarkable place, and we're going there. It's like a living museum, Ron. So uh, really. To, perfect place to be we'll be putting together something for that maybe a little video but also we're going to another location later in the month which is uh forford manor now great forford manor uh there has been a house on the site i believe since the 1100s um so it's uh and it's the same family live there Uh, Fulfords um, basically have lived there um, since uh, William de Fulford uh, 1190 uh, he was awarded the house or the land on which this house stands as a reward for going to the crusade so um, it, it, we're going there, and uh, it's a remarkable place for our so I've never been, but the team have been before, and they have assured me that this is a remarkable place to go to, and and certainly, uh, you know, a fantastic, uh, a fantastic location. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, like I say, that's the end of the month, and I think probably that will be the location that we'll do one of our uh, recordings for um, this. Uh, the show that we do so uh, so hopefully you'll get a bit more um bit more information for you so um, yeah it's a bit of history for you wrong bit of history we know you need it over there
2: oh we do we definitely i mean as you mentioned before you are our roots for, uh, at least the country uh so i mean that's it's important that we understand uh you know where we came from as a country
1: well, you, you mentioned that we used to have a place called the Polish camp, um, just up from me, probably about 10 miles away. Um, during uh, during the war, there was actually a Polish camp here, and um, they, they remained in that location. Uh, basically, they were like um, refugees and people that have come across, and they lived in that location um, for a considerable amount of time. It's only just been pulled down. Um, And I think uh, one of my colleagues uh, was um, very well, she was actually cataloguing some of the material and stuff. It's a shame that the the place had gone, um, because you know the, it'll never be replaced. there was hardly any photographic evidence of the place, um, and it's a shame that it's. Uh, it is. It's, it is. Bit, you know, so because that that was um, it, you know a, a big camp for the Polish uh, refugees and stuff in in, the, in Plymouth and uh, around the surrounding area. So, but again, that's gone now. It's uh, it's a shame. Um, but um, yeah, I mean. Britain, just like uh, the U.S., are a, a bit of a melting pot. We have our own uh, things. And, of course, this, um, oh, last Sunday, we were up at Beltane uh, May Day um, celebrations uh, in in the U.K. And I, you're obviously familiar, I suppose, uh, with that celebration in uh, the States. And I'm sure that...
2: Yeah, we have
1: that here as well. You, you, you do it. And, yep. uh, yeah, so at 4 o'clock in the morning, some unearthly hour, I was... Uh, Sat up there with uh, with everybody and, um, yeah, interesting time up there as well. Watching the Morris Dancers, have you heard about them? No, The Morris Dancers. Well, so you, you take a look on the Facebook pages, there are um pictures, and I'll post one up later for Facebook. Uh, that's um, from last year, from 2010. Uh, the Morris Dancers were um, basically they, they, they're men obviously yeah. uh, very rarely you do uh, you do get women groups now but originally it was um it, it was men only um and it was a proverbial um let's all go and have a dance and while we're dancing with bells on our feet we'll all uh-huh. get drunk so um you know it's pretty much that it's, it's well, pretty you know much that.
2: It, for me i would have to get drunk first before they would put bells on my feet well uh, it, to,
1: to be honest yeah uh, the, these guys are different they're um uh, the, the local they groups they black their faces up, believe it or not, and uh, I just had to ask why they did that, but going, again, most things are interesting, and the reason right. why they black their faces are and I asked them, and they said, well, what it was is during the um, well basically during the, the civil war in the uk um, they had obviously when the parliamentarian forces Cromwell came to to power, um, he banned christmas, he banned um, dancing and festiv- festivities. Well, of course, you know um, the UK being as they are, thought, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to continue dancing. So what they did was they all blacked their faces up and they all wore rags in order that if they were, you know, sort of seen doing it, no one would really know who they were. So that's the reason why they blacked the faces up. So, oh, yes. is, is
2: that the, is that the same re- reason they have the step dancing? Is is for that same thing the Cromwellian?
1: yeah exactly the same same sort of thing yeah most of the morris dancers and the way they dance and the way it's confined into small spaces is basically because of the cromwell uh impact on the festivities between charles the first and charles the second so yeah it's uh it was uh, an interesting interesting time for the uk uh but of course you know cromwell is is quite a, a thing of mine and and some local people here do do quite a bit on it and uh, it's an interesting period of uh, history, and uh, we have many Civil War ghosts, uh, Ron. Really? Yeah, many. Um, In fact, one of our uh, battlefield sites is actually under Happy Eater. Uh, Do you know where that is? No. Well, well, Happy Eater is a bit like Dunkin' Donuts, I suppose, in the States, and... um, (laughs) The the headquarters for the Royalist Army is actually located in Salton, underneath the, the the actual flag camp would have been underneath the Happy Eater there, and I have been desperately trying to get into that that building because uh, apparently there have been stories about that location, um, you know, because it's a modern building, but obviously it's built on the site of a, a you know battlefield, and uh, it would be a tremendous location to get into. Yeah, I don't care where it is, Ron, or what it sits on, or what it is currently. Our if you know I've I've even been known to try and get into a hair ladies hairdressers um, after over here <laughs> yeah but I had nothing to do with
2: paranormal
1: <laughs> no, no 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 this is true this is true I was I was I sat was in there having my haircut and actually it was yeah. the only place in Nest where I could get my haircut at the time and the lady just happened to be relaying to the other lady about it, the fact that you know she was putting scissors down they were disappearing and things were you know and that they believed they had a poltergeist and it was you know it would have been really great to, uh, to, to gone in there as well so I think that the ghost stories come up at the strangest and most inopportune times. Really, that you you can't really sort of declare your hands because you're having your cut. You don't like to. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting interesting place. And of course, we got another uh, Civil War ghost. Um, at chadford um there there is another cavalier that's seen dying at um at a pub there he was mortally wounded and um he is seen reenacting it for the time so uh yeah we we've got lots of little civil war ghosts, but not as many as you have we in uh in gettysburg which is oh, i don't uh,
2: know I, I think you probably have them it's just that you know i mean we that's just so notorious that that's uh you know, well, I think, uh, I think yeah.
1: Gettysburg has um, a huge history, though, and I know we had several battlefield sites, uh, you know, uh, across the UK uh, for the Civil War. Obviously, Torrington was a very small battle, um, but it was significant in the fact that, um, you know, that the the, uh, the Royalists were routed from uh, Devon and back into Cornwall. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but Gettysburg. Have you ever investigated Gettysburg, or Ron? Have you been up there?
2: Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. it, it, about two summers ago, I, I've investigated a couple times, but about two summers ago, uh, Richard Felix came over here with us, and uh, we investigated with him, which was, of course, a riot because he's scared of the dark. So,
1: really, I didn't know that. I didn't. You know never that. knew
2: Richard Felix was scared of the dark.
1: No, I didn't know. Oh my know. God! Yes. And oh, really? him
2: and i him and i went into the, the woods uh we, we stayed at the uh, little round top farm which is in the back side of the battlefield and in the dead of the night we him and i by ourselves went into the woods at the back of the battlefield and he attempted to make uh and wow right well,
1: I, scared I, the I, hell I, out of him yeah i I I have to admit that um, I I have also been uh, not scared of the dark but I have been badly scared by um, I went to a location recently where a shore tunnel uh, in Plymouth or just outside where it's got a bit of a history of being a bit of a notorious place and we had a a medium with us who um, went into trance but unfortunately Uh she did it very loudly and she stood very very close to me Uh, and the unfortunate thing is Ron I'm actually seen hiding behind the person next to me. I couldn't believe it. Um, I, because obviously night vision camera, I'm hiding behind the person uh, that's next to me. Once I realised who it was, then obviously I went to try and help out, a bit like you did with uh, Maureen that time in the uh, Lizzie Borden house. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we're all prone to a little bit of this sometimes when people scream out loud in the middle of a, of a very quiet location. And again, I think it comes back to the fact that you, you get a bit blasé with um, things and you expect things to happen all the time. And then then you sort of go semi-asleep and then suddenly something will kick off around you and uh, then it's probably the time that the camera wasn't running, isn't it? Or the, uh, the sound equipment was switched off or whatever. So, uh, so, yeah, so Baron,
2: w- was that the, probably the, uh, I hate to use frightening, but the, the most uh, edging, edgy uh, situation you, you, you were, have ever been in ghost hunting? <laughs>
1: no i don't, well i don 't th- think so I, I mean, it was certainly the most shocking, as in you know i didn 't expect it to happen and if you can imagine right. this place is zero light at all, and um, you could only just touch people around you you couldn 't actually see anything uh, Of course, when someone screams in a tunnel um, it, it made a very loud noise and obviously there were a lot of expletives coming from other people but uh, no it wasn 't that because you know, once I established what that was. Um, I was fine. I think the most most scary place for me has to be Pengoystick Castle in Cornwall, um, where I was left alone doing a vigil in the um, solar, uh, which is um, one of the well solar is like a sitting room or a sun room mm-hmm. um, for uh, the, you know the castle and. Um, I didn't like it there at all I, uh, there's nothing really you could explain about why you didn't like it there were several things that were going on in your head and you got that psychosomatic feeling that you're in a castle it's dark it's spooky it's got cobwebs um, you know Maybe maybe something's going to kick off, but yeah, I, I didn't feel very comfortable there, and I, I mean that's probably the the sc- scariest time I've had. Although, mm. um, Dartmouth Castle being another one, which um, which um, where where we had the audible and um, the the loud grunt that the uh, oh the yeah. Malign- yeah the lady from English Heritage and various others, so yeah, it's, I, I'm constantly surprised in the way that Spirit tried to, to scare you. Um,
2: I, I think a lot though, like you said, it, it's locations location that, that really uh, I think caused the tension. Uh, I, I know that we're supposed to be doing this uh, location, it's on an island. And the building is totally run down. And I was talking to fishermen, and and they have to go in there and sometimes get their traps and stuff when the the lobster traps when the storms come in the Northeast and stuff. So they go into this building, and and they absolutely can't wait to get out of the building. uh, It's scares them so much and I mean these are guys that are used to dealing with the sea I mean but this I mean just to give you an idea there's there's, like dead birds everywhere there's the carcasses of seals and stuff that they have to walk over and you know bones and I mean and and the whole place is uh, you know it's just you know what I'm saying
1: yeah yeah yeah. I don't know if I told you about my second world war ghost Um, during the uh, well a few years back I was obviously serving in Germany and Mm -hmm. I was stationed at Belsen um, which is Bergen Belsen camp uh, which you probably know notorious for uh, being a a concentration camp during the second world war and actually it was the place that um, Anne Frank died in and many thousands of others yeah so um, and actually uh, a very strange place to be but I was working there, and I can remember um, the uh, the married quarters, uh, or the the places where the service personnel are based, were actually quarters for the SS um, soldiers during uh, the Second World War, and they'd actually been renovated and built into these uh, married quarters. And um, we'll relay a story to you where a child had seen. Um, another child wearing a pair of striped pajamas uh, riding a rocking horse so they, the good child had a rocking horse and they'd seen this child in striped pajamas riding the rocking horse well obviously the striped pajamas were actually the um, uniform of the, uh, the inmates of um, right. Belson and uh, so that was quite scary but other, another woman um, called us and said um, I need to leave my house now I've seen a face at the window um, but she was sort of two floors up, and uh, the face at the window was apparently a German officer, and had been seen more than one occasion. Oh, wow. So, sent two of my best uh, people down, and they um, they uh, actually verified that whilst they were down there, they had a window crack, and uh, they also seen a shape and a face by a window, but they uh, refused to go back there. The place was really closed. Cleansed by um, the uh, service chaplain, and I think it remained empty for a good period of time after. I, I won't mention the block because you never know; people might still be living there. And uh, yeah. but but it was a, it was a you know th- these these things happen all over the place, don't they? Yeah. But that was well, probably my private, scariest you place. I can't
2: believe it, but we've run out of time. Have we really? Yes, we have. I want to thank you tomorrow, so much yeah. for uh, filling in for us, and I look forward to talking with you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock here on TojiNet uh, for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, and when you have your live investigative re- report about the Dartmouth Moors, correct?
1: And yeah, tomorrow, it's it's tomorrow tomorrow,
2: yeah. Yes, yes. And anyways, uh, I also want to report that we are still looking for uh, models uh, for the Team Van Helsing T-shirts. Uh, these are models not to model the T-shirts, but to actually be on them. Uh, we do have some candidates right now, and if anyone's interested in doing it, uh, just pop me an email already uh, join me on facebook uh, ronald kolik and uh, you can message me there and uh yeah
1: there you go well, i did offer ron but apparently moobs aren't your thing so uh...
2: no i mean you know I, i'm sure you look really nice and drag
1: but uh you know we'll, we'll save that one for another day i think so Yeah, not the light, ass tour there. So, anyways,
2: thank you very much, Byron. And uh, we'd like to say uh, this has been Ghost Chronicles International with Ron Kolick and Byron Jackson. And and tune in next week when Richard Felix will be joining us once again. So, tomorrow night as well, 7 Uh, o'clock. Yep. Good night and God bless everyone. From goalies to ghosties, long In the healthcare industry today, most of us on. are left in the dark when our doctors talk to us about our health and wellness.
0: It seems that they don't have...